You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Tom Harmon, ringside here from Atlanta, Georgia, where tonight there are 5,000 fans anticipating a great fight and primarily to see the return of a great heavyweight champion, Muhammad Ali, or as, of course, most all of you know him, Cassius Clay. Well, this is a profiling and high-fiving and seen and being seen. They've had to put on a show. It was like the Academy Award had a big spotlight running all over everywhere. I saw Elizabeth Taylor, I saw all these famous people that were just fabulous. I don't think Atlanta had ever seen anything like that before. I, I had never seen it in my lifetime like that. The fight meant the recognition of Atlanta as the capital of the civil rights movement. Not only in the South, but in the nation. From iHeartRadio and Doghouse Pictures, this is Fight Night. I'm Jeff Keating. Hours before the first round bell rang, the robbers were buying ropes, walkie-talkies, duffel bags, and weapons at different pawn shops around Atlanta. The stash house, an apartment that one of the thieves had rented, was only a few miles away from the house on Handy Drive, where the after-hour parties had gone on for the past two nights. I imagine they spent the afternoon checking their guns and going over the plan as they prepared to rob the partygoers after the fight. But I don't think they had any idea of the level of gangsters they were about to face. Meanwhile, Chicken Man checked his wife into a hotel, and then he met Barbara Smith, his downwoman, or mistress, at the house on Handy Drive. She was cooking food for the party with a woman named Ola May, another of Chicken Man's girlfriends. You may remember Ola May from episode two. She and her daughters ran a shoplifting hustle. In fact, she had stolen a tuxedo for Chicken Man's son to wear to his prom. Apparently, Barbara and Ola May were not happy with sharing Chicken Man. So as Chicken Man is getting ready for the biggest party of his life, he's dealing with girl problems. I went and got my wife and went and checked in the hotel. 
I knew this thing was serious. I had no idea that it was going to get as serious as it had gotten. But something let me know that this was a serious offense. Barbara Smith. My woman lived in the house. Older man living over there already seen. They was cooking some green. They frying the fish and chicken and they going everything. We had bought so much beer and champagne, they bought it all up. Barbara and Older May wasn't too good of friends. They was fussing about it, so this kind of made me a little nervous too. But I'm saying to them, I got the tickets. Meanwhile, J.D. Hudson was intensely focused on keeping Muhammad Ali alive since he was in charge of his security detail, which included escorting Ali into the ring. He was dealing with the enormous pressure of protecting such a controversial figure. I had the responsibility of guarding Cassius Clay because there had been about 5,000 threats against his life. And I carried him out for road work every morning, 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning, changed places every day. I let nobody know but me what I was doing. And so I had been with him all day. While J.D. managed Ali's security detail, media members from all over the country and the world gathered in the lobbies of their hotels, testing catchphrases and discussing different angles of the story. I was able to speak to legendary boxing analyst Larry Merchant. He worked for the New York Post at the time and was in Atlanta covering the Ali Quarry fight. There were a lot of questions hanging in the air about how much rust there was on him. But he was still in his prime years. So everything was connected to the comeback. You need to understand that he was still a controversial figure and that he was a cultural slash political figure, not just a fighter. He was in a different dimension in terms of how he communicated with the media. You know, I've described it as I was just one of the many dogs following his parade. And he was an extraordinary performer and showman. Even before he had expressed himself politically, he was a controversial figure in boxing because he was behaving in a way that athletes were not supposed to behave in. Having fun, being outrageous and... He was entertaining, and he used the power of television. And of course, there were the spectators who attended this historic event. Let me introduce you to Mike Florence. He and a few friends drove from Athens, Georgia, on a whim to see the fight, which was being held at Atlanta's Municipal Auditorium. It was a peaceful day, sitting in the law library. I had not given the fight much thought. I usually sit in the same place in the library. But some buddies of mine who knew where I sat came up and said, let's go to the fight tonight. So it certainly wasn't a plan. It was random and spontaneous. So the four or five of us got into the car and drove over to Atlanta in time for the fight. Bunny Jackson Ransom and her husband, former Atlanta Mayor Maynard Jackson, were there too. They were about to have a child and she was dealing with fashion dilemmas while getting ready for the event. I was excited and I was pregnant. And I remember being told that people were gonna get all dressed up and so forth, and here I am, pregnant. I have to wear a maternity outfit because I'm very pregnant. And to set the outfit off, I found this 
huge white box hat. And it looks like a cloud of fur. Everyone had spent the day preparing for the fight. And now they were outside the municipal auditorium working their way in to take their seats. This is Henrietta Antonine. She worked for Jesse Hill, who helped Leroy Johnson get the fight to Atlanta. She gets the opportunity to make a little extra cash thanks to the generosity of her boss. Well, Jesse Hill gave me 12 tickets, and that fight was in October. And we were working on the fight in June and July, you know, in August. So I took the tickets and put it on the mirror on my dresser back in August sometimes. And when the fight came in October, all the whole city, the whole town, the whole country was focused on Atlanta. i never forget, my husband was working at the University of Berkeley and uh, came home for the fight and brought some friends. And he had asked me to buy some tickets for six people. And I went and bought the tickets and paid for them and had the tickets for him when he came here. I had forgotten all about it. I had 12 tickets under my mirror on my dresser. And that would have been $1,200 I could have had. On the way to the fight, we were in the car. And he said, the scavengers are everywhere. They're selling these seats for $500 and for $1,000. So it hit me. Oh, my God. I got 12 tickets. I told my husband, I got to go home. I got to go home. I I got to go home. So we turned around. I went home. And I looked under my dresser, and there were no tickets. So I got the tickets and put them in my pocketbook. And I went and got back in the car. We went to the fight. It was like the Academy Award had a big spotlight running all over everywhere. I saw Elizabeth Taylor. I saw all these famous people. It was just fabulous. And I was scared as hell. But I saw him, and he was asking about the tickets, and I sold my tickets. He gave me $1,000 for each one of those tickets. And then I got scared that he was a detective or something. But uh, he gave me the money very fast and stacks of it. Here's Mike Florence again, describing the scene. He'd taken a chance driving to the fight on a whim. We didn't have tickets. We bought them on the curb, bought them at the window, which was amazing to me. That's such a publicized event, but it didn't seem that difficult. And then, of course, you have the Hustlers. Here's J.D. Hudson. The Hustlers are profiling and high-fiving and seeing and being seen. They've had to put on a show. they got on meat coats that's back in the ground. Right. The guys got on meat hats and white meat coats. You name it. I mean, it's a parade. It's a thing to see. Here's Chicken Man looking back on that incredible night. I don't think a lot of had ever seen anything like that before. I didn't see, I ain't never seen it in my lifetime like that. Not since. Barbara Smith was supposed to meet Chicken Man at the fight, but she hadn't shown up. And apparently, Chicken Man had been drinking and smoking at this point. He's so high and excited by the crowd that he doesn't give it another thought. In the arena... There was one other empty seat beside Barbara's. We believe it belonged to the mastermind of the heist. Meanwhile, just miles away, two Cadillacs filled with masked gunmen armed with sawed-off shotguns are turning into the neighborhood where the after-party is being hosted. Barbara and everyone at the house on Handy Drive have no idea what's about to go down. (laughs) 
Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from a life, you know that. His business is failing, his house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger, and we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Jerry Quarry is the number one ranked challenger, so Clay is certainly not in there against an easy opponent. If the bellflower belter connects, he can take any man out with one punch. Here's Larry Merchant with his thoughts on Jerry Quarry. Quarry was a really good heavyweight who had some impressive wins. George Foreman once said he was the best fighter of that era not to win a championship. So he was a B-plus heavyweight, and he was called the Great White Hope. Cassius Clay, on the other hand, is one of the great heavyweights of all time. He is and has been a great champion, and everybody here tonight has sensed the excitement that he has brought back to this crowd and to this ring, and of course the fight itself, wherever it's being seen around the world. The heavyweight had never seen a fighter who was both big and fast and brave. I mean, his skill set, much of it was improvisational. His speed was a difficulty for big plotting heavyweights, but it also, in a way, offended the old school 
fight establishment. And there were a lot of people who resented the fact that this brash kid had come along and captured the world. You can feel the tension and the excitement. It's in the air. Here's Henrietta describing the scene with her husband and friends sitting a few rows from the ring. All of us sat together at the fight, and we were right on front row, maybe second row. And the crowd, people were coming, and the fashions, and the excitement was just in the room. You were just excited to be there. And this is Mike Florence with his view from the cheap seats. It was standing room only. We did not have seats. But uh, we could see over everybody's head. As soon as we got close to fight time, the anxiety built and the interest built and everybody flooded into the arena. It was the first live uh, fight that I'd ever been to. The crowd, the the closeness, it was was shoulder to shoulder. It was overpacked. You, You couldn't have moved. It was just overcrowded, uncomfortably overcrowded, but fun. Jerry Quarry. The number one ranked challenger, who is, of course, tonight going to be fighting, now on the far side, coming in, of course, the crowd yelling, screaming, mixed booze, again stepping in as a heavyweight, Muhammad Ali. Here's J.D. Hudson, looking back on the time when he escorted Ali into the ring. I carried him to the fight and let him into the ring. As a matter of fact, I got beat up because he was, had his arms around me and I was walking in front of him. Guys, people was punching and going on and hitting and pulling at him. We're just about ready for our official ceremonies and here is the famed ring announcer from New York, Johnny Addy. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Jerry Wari. <laughs> Back at Handy Drive, the robbers were in position. One Cadillac was parked on a street called Old No Drive, which led to the backyard of Chicken Man's house on Handy Drive. The other Cadillac was parked on Handy Drive just a few blocks down the street so they could spot any cars turning into the party. They tested their walkie-talkies. They checked their guns. And they waited. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito. And I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from a life, you know that. His business is failing. His house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger. And we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. 
Parish. All new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's a slight redness just over the bridge of Jerry Corey's nose. That left jab is finding its mark. Well, there's the round to end round one. Muhammad Ali is still plenty fast, and his left jab is still a dynamite punch. Both fighters are up. Approximately two to three robbers exited from each of the Cadillacs and made their way towards Chicken Man's house. One group, all wearing masks, moved through the darkness of the backyard and stationed themselves near the basement door. The other group, unmasked, headed up the walkway towards the front of the house. They heard music and partying going on inside, and they saw through the curtains figures of men and women dancing. That's the end of round two. It looks as though... Mohammed is having quite a comeback, and he appears to be in excellent shape. As the robbers waited in position, Barbara Smith and her girlfriends prepared for the guests to arrive in droves. They knew, based on the parties the last couple of nights, that everyone would be drunk, high, and ready to gamble as soon as they walked through the door, especially if Ali was victorious. It's a cut over Corey's left eye. Cut is bleeding, bleeding profusely. And once again, left and right combination by Clay. Corey is fighting back, but the cut has been open. 
three. Referee Tony Perez is calling for the doctor. Corey is upset about it. Referee Tony Perez has signaled the fight is over, apparently because of an eye cut. I didn't hear any dispute over the call, uh, largely because Ali was uh, clearly winning. If it had been a close fight or a one-sided fight against Ali, maybe there would have been a question. But there was no question that there was a, a real cut on Quarry and that it was caused by a punch or punches. He broke Quarry down, but I remember being impressed by the way he handled Quarry. It was not a um, preordained outcome, I'll put it that way. Here's David Davis describing Quarry's reaction to the referee's decision. Immediately after referee Tony Perez stopped the fight, Quarry was near hysteria and in tears. He was so upset. But his cornerman and everybody said he can't continue. This cut is too treacherous. He could actually lose his eye if he continued and got damaged some more. It was disappointing in the sense of there wasn't that climactic knockout or that vicious uh, exchange where one guy goes down or is, is obviously in big trouble and the referee stops the fight. So it was anticlimactic. But that soon turned to jubilation because obviously Ali had been declared the winner and there was a lot of relief that he had come back and against some major odds and major obstacles, he had prevailed. Muhammad Ali's victory in Atlanta began a love affair with the city, which would continue into the 1980s when Ali returned to the tragic Atlanta child murders and donated money to the reward fund in the case, then culminated in 1996 with the iconic moment of Ali lighting the torch for the Olympics in Centennial Park. Here's Dr. Hobson. The relationship between Muhammad Ali and Atlanta, Georgia, is one that deserves considerable research and attention. Ali understood that Atlanta giving him the opportunity to come back and fight set a stage for him to do what he loved to do most, be a champion of humanity. Atlanta understanding the brawn, the brain, the brilliance of Ali as not only a heavyweight fighter, but as a champion for civil and human rights attached itself. And both the city and Ali merged themselves and presented the kind of image of what it meant to be rising in the Black New South. Here's David Davis expressing what this fight meant to Ali and the city of Atlanta. Even pretty sophisticated fight fans don't remember this fight. They think when Ali came back, he fought Joe Frazier in Madison Square Garden and lost. But that's not true. Ali needed to prove himself in the ring. And he needed that not just athletically, and not just as a boxer, you know, to get your ring legs back, so to speak. Uh, But he also had to do that to prove to the media, to the boxing commissions, that, you know, life goes on. And his unpopular stance there against Vietnam, that was soon becoming, actually, the popular stance. And so this fight was vitally, vitally important. 
to Ali. If this fight doesn't happen, you might not have seen that Ali Frazier fight in Madison Square Garden in 1971. I think the other thing that's important about the fight, it was really a big deal for Atlanta. The fight meant the recognition of Atlanta as the capital of the civil rights movement, not only in the South, but in the nation. And it showed the emergence of African-American political power and influence in Atlanta and in Georgia. And it really maybe changed some perceptions of people outside of Georgia and the South about what the direction of the state and the South was moving in, coming into the 1970s. It really was a feather in the cap of Atlanta. The decision made by the referee to call the fight was not controversial, but the outcome had huge implications for the former champion of the world. This triumph justified everything that had been at stake and united the fans as they celebrated all around the country. And while Muhammad Ali was announced victorious, the unmasked group of robbers knocked on the front door of Chicken Man's house. William Knox answered the door. He recognized the faces from the past few nights of celebrations and greeted them warmly. But they were not here to party this time. They quickly overpowered Knox and announced it was a robbery. And remember those two empty seats at the arena I told you about? We know one of them belonged to Barbara Smith. She was inside getting dressed in her bedroom. The other empty seat, we believe, belonged to Richard Wheeler, the mastermind of the heist. He had boarded a flight earlier that day and was sitting with his entourage at Madison Square Garden watching the Ali fight on closed-circuit TV. The perfect alibi. Fight Night is a joint production from iHeartRadio, Will Packer Media, and Doghouse Pictures in association with Psychopia Pictures. Produced and hosted by Jeff Keating. Executive producers are Will Packer, James Lopez, Kenny Burns, Dan Bush, Lars Jacobson, and Noel Brown. Supervising producer is Taylor Shacoin. Story editors are Noel Brown and Dan Bush. Written by Jeff Keating and Jim Roberts. Edited by Matt Owen. Mixing and sound design by Jeremiah Kulani Prescott. Music written and performed by the Diamond Street Players. Additional music by Ben Lovett. Audio archives courtesy of WSB News, Film, and Videotape Collection, Brown Media Archives, University of Georgia Libraries. Special thanks to Dr. Maurice Hobson and David Davis. Fight Night is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring? But don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.